0: episode 19 with Carolina Teague and this is Sports Talk Mostly. Hello, how are you? Thanks for joining the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited about this episode.
0: <laughs> me too. Okay, so <laughs> let's just do a quick, uh, just three questions, do a little icebreaker so the audience can get to know you a little bit better outside of sports and then you can tell us a little bit about what you do in sports, Okay. Okay. Cool. So uh, first question, if you had to choose one actor or actress to play you in a film about you, who would it be? Um,
1: Angelina Jolie. No.
0: <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why
1: her? <laughs> because she has big lips and I have big lips too. So I feel like I like her. She's beautiful. She's a great actress. So I would want Angelina Jolie to play me in
0: I a feel movie. Like- I agree with you. That is a good choice for you. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then on that on that note, if you're an Angelina Jolie fan, pick one to be for a day. Hero or a villain?
1: a <gasps> oh, villain. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she, plays a much, she plays such a good villain so yeah I would yeah. definitely love yeah I would like her, for her
0: to be a villain gotta spice it up a little bit villain. yeah <laughs> villain. <laughs> okay uh question number three last icebreaker if you had to pick one food to eat at least once a day for the rest of your life what would you pick
1: I feel like I do it already. It's tacos. <laughs> <laughs> I always eat tacos, no matter what. <laughs> Cause you're you're
0: Mexican, right?
1: I'm Mexican, so breakfast, lunch, or dinner, yeah. a taco, can, a taco
0: works. Oh, uh, you know, <laughs> breakfast tacos are so underrated. Like, I crave me a good breakfast taco. They're so good.
1: <laughs> They're so good. What side? Of, uh, where? What part of the country are you from?
0: I'm in Oregon.
1: Oh yeah, girl, down here, it's like an everyday thing. But no, breakfast tacos are so good. You need to come down here and in Texas and you need to have the breakfast tacos down here. They're so delicious.
0: I definitely need to. It's on my bucket list <laughs> yes. now. I'll come stay with you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I want to go to Oregon too. I was just looking at- Let's uh, do it. Yeah, we need to switch. I don't, I've been, I wanted to go like the Oregon trails are so beautiful. There is a lot so of nature beautiful. to see
0: out here. There's like, yes. you, you'll go see one spot and you're like, oh my God, I want to go there and there and there, like just like even on the way there or on the way back to mm. wherever you're like staying. <laughs> oh my like gosh. Millions of outdoor spots and sites to see out here. So it's awesome. But also I've heard that the food in Texas is like unrivaled. So- so super I'm a, unrivaled, but I'm a pick, heart. <laughs> I know
1: I think I wish, you know, if it was together combined, it'd be like perfect Oregon
0: views with Texas food. It'd yeah. be a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell the audience who may not know who you are or what you're about or what you cover. Tell us a little bit more about that, what you cover, what networks you can be found on mm-hmm. and all of the things you talk about in sports.
1: So I have a show called The Sports Time. It's on from each Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. on 9:30 a.m. The Answer, and I host it. Um, we basically talk Texas sports, uh, cover the Spurs. Obviously, we're in San Antonio I'm in San Antonio. Uh, we definitely cover the Spurs. I definitely cover you like college football right now. Right. Uh, Texans, Cowboys, and hot topics. Whatever I feel, whatever I feel like talking about. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I <laughs>
0: love it. I'm also I also write for Sports as Told by a Girl. So. You also do something that I thought was a little interesting because I am just getting well back into, I'm getting back into professional wrestling and you oh, are a ring announcer, which I thought was that's so right. cool. So don't leave right. that out.
1: <laughs> that's right. I totally forgot I'm a ring announcer. We actually have an event in two weeks. I'm a wrestling ring announcer. It is so much fun um, being a ring announcer. I love hanging out with all the wrestlers. They're so amazing. I, I just love wrestling. I love wrestling fans. I love being a part of a wrestling company. It is so much fun, so much fun. And I'm so blessed to be a part of river city wrestling I love it
0: that's so awesome yeah, I'm, yeah. like I said I'm, I'm getting back into it like I was into it as a kid and then didn't watch it a long time and my man is a huge wrestling fan <laughs> so we watch a lot together and yeah definitely learning a lot about like you know the modern day professional storylines and things like that it's all really exciting so I thought that was really cool so I'm like I have mm-hmm. to include that about you. yeah
1: <laughs> and I forgot about it
0: so you reminded
1: me so yeah <laughs> you know, so Sometimes
0: when you dabble in a little bit of everything, you're like, what do I do? do
1: What do I do? Who am I? Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I, I, we both are super excited because you wanted to come on the show today to talk about something that it means a lot to me. uh, Some of the people that have been following me and the show know that uh, cannabis and cannabis in sports is very much in my wheelhouse. And that's what you wanted to talk about. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on in that department. So tell me, tell us a little bit about what was the reason you wanted to come on and what what, what motivated what what you have to say.
1: Um, you know what, um, what reason? Well, one of the things is we really can't talk about it on air. I mean, we can, but we really can't deep dive into cannabis and sports and One of the reasons why I'm heavily invested into cannabis and sports is because or just cannabis in general is because I was never a follower of cannabis like I never really knew what it was all about I always thought it was taboo, and a lot of people in Texas they have that taboo feel because Texas is still legal in Texas, so you know. I'm just tired of it being illegal in Texas and the taboo that surrounds it. When I was in college and I was getting my bachelor's degree, the majority of my papers and my thesis were on cannabis. And that is when I developed a love and appreciation for cannabis because I started doing my homework. I started doing my research and I slowly started to realize that this is not something that is bad. It's actually something that is really good. So that's when I started to truly appreciate what cannabis is all about. And I, anytime I'm able to educate people on the benefits of cannabis, I am so for it. And I cannot wait for the day that Texas legalizes cannabis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm with you on that. There is obviously, God, you guys have how many MLB teams in Texas? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, So I just looked up some of the basic Uh, rules and regulations regarding cannabis in some of the major leagues and so Mm -hmm. in MLB they recently removed marijuana from the banned substance list and are basically operating by like state-by-state laws so there's like you know no driving under the influence and not showing up to the ballpark high Um, if any players appear to be under the influence during team activities they will undergo undergo a mandatory evaluation for whether or not they need treatment for like substance abuse or whatever and that players who break the state marijuana laws will be punished Mm -hmm. which is understandable because if it's a state-by-state law you can't really stand in the way of like a player knowingly breaking a state law (laughs) you know right if they're possessing or using cannabis in a state where it's illegal and they get you know, busted by the cops for it, then that's their own fault, kind of. So mm. <clears throat> with MLB specifically, I tend to go right to the more recent story of Tyler Skaggs, which we're learning so much about that specific story about what was going on within the organization and how he was actually given that fentanyl that ended up, you know, he overdosed on and it took his life. And for me, that is one of the reasons why I'm such a big advocate for cannabis is because Mm -hmm. fentanyl is used for controlling pain and managing pain. And you do not have to turn to things like that when you can utilize things like cannabis. Mm -hmm. So in MLB specifically, what, you know, how do you see it? What are your thoughts? Do you have anything specific to say about MLB?
1: Yes, I was really happy that they removed it from their banned substance list. That was like a huge milestone because I believe they were the one of the first professional leagues to completely rule it out of a banned substance list. I thought that was a huge milestone. Right. And I was hoping that you know other leagues would follow suit right afterwards shortly thereafter, but the the whole thing with, you know, and and this is what I saw a lot of talking points in sports radio when they had brought this up, you know, you know, you just can't show up, you know, high, or you can't show up on, well, you don't expect your professional athletes to show up drunk, right? Right. So, so naturally, you should, like, I don't think a professional athlete who carries himself to a high caliber would want to show up to a practice high, because they're not showing up to a practice, you know, on Cocaine. They're not showing up to Well, you never know. Yeah. never they, but they, but they're right. not showing up drunk. They're not showing up on cocaine. So I think like the mentality for the athletes that are in Major League Baseball should have that same mentality all over. Do not show up high, and you'll be fine. You, right. Know, you can right, and it's just a simple rule. But I do really like that they removed it from their banned substance list. But yeah, I think it's just the same thing. Treat it like don't show up drunk, don't show up high. And it's a very, very simple.
0: Yeah, I just hope that mm. with the MLB, I hope that there's somebody within the organization who is calling the shots that understands that like, if I'm a baseball player, there's a huge difference between me toking a joint before I come to practice and me rubbing like a CBD topical oil on my hip. You know, because obviously mm-hmm. there is a huge difference between those two things. One will get mm-hmm. too high, one will not, you know, when you use a topical substance like that to help with muscle pain or an aching joint or you know, broke you know, past broken bone or something like that, it doesn't get it doesn't affect you like that. Right. So we haven't yet, there has been no drama, but I just hope we don't run into, like I said, any gray area with the MLB mm-hmm. and then like finding a topical on a player and like telling telling him that he's under the influence because he used a topical yeah and you know what I
1: think that I don't I don't foresee that happening because they've already like pushed the ball like moved the needle by even making this announcement so I think that the MLB whoever made these decisions already have a good sense of what marijuana provides to athletes, and I don't see that happening. um if it does, then that means there is a uh, there's I don't know, I would say there's a bad what is it called a bad seed or what is it a bad egg yeah, yeah a bad yeah, a, a, apple. A bad- a bad apple in the bunch, yeah, and they need to remove that bad apple, so that's what I think. I think that they're on the right track. I don't see that happening unless, like I said, there's uh, that one bad apple that doesn't want to listen, that doesn't want to open their eyes, and just wants to be closed-minded, then yeah. that's when I think that that would
0: happen. Definitely. Yeah, so uh, so transitioning a little bit to NBA, um, mm-hmm. to, to your point, the MLB is still the only major league that has completely removed marijuana from the banned substance now Mm -hmm. during the nba's 2020 2021 season when they were in the bubble um, the cannabis testing was halted but just this past summer just this past off season the players that chose to participate in team usa were subject to the world anti-doping agency Which we'll talk more about in just a bit. (laughs) But despite the Team USA testing, um, the league still hasn't like announced or like made it clear that they'll be testing players for either. They haven't tested for summer league, and they have not made an announcement that they'll be doing cannabis testing for the 2021 2020 2022 season, which will start in October. But we do know that Alex Caruso had a marijuana charge over the offseason break, like right after they got done. Um, And we didn't see any disciplinary action with that. So it alludes to the future of that becoming a little bit more similar. But again, as you said, you cover the Spurs. So what do you see it? How do you see it? Do you, you know, are there any mumblings out there as far as um, media? And what they think, as far as you know, Spurs and the players, obviously, still only medically legal in Texas. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) So I I don't even think it's medically legal, is it? I don't even think it's. I think it's medically legal, legal, but from
0: what I understand, it's very difficult to get. Yeah, like super,
1: super, super difficult. Like you have to be like very, very. Like you have to have, like it's like true epileptic type situations, yeah and it's like you cannot get a hold of it here like period (laughs) so alex caruso he was actually um he was stopped in texas and he was found with a very minimal amount of weed and that it was in a grinder which is ridiculous and it was his face plastered all over the media he's labeled as you're stupid why would you do that blah 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 like bro it was like a dime baggie like whatever it was it wasn't that serious and to pull him over to charge him to arrest him for that reason to me is absolutely ridiculous and I think these cops here in Texas they just need to you know get a grip and I think they're just trying to meet their quota no offense to the cops you know that do a great job shout out to all my uh police that do what they do a great job, you know, and, and just are great police officers who are stopping crime. But I feel like just having weed in a grinder and taking someone to jail for that is absolutely ridiculous. Yes, it is illegal. But yeah. There's tons of things in Texas that are illegal. Back to the point of the NBA, though, you know, the NBA Someone has been lenient for a while now. I remember I listened to a podcast with Matt Barnes a few years ago. I think it was like two, three years ago. Matt Barnes had said that the NBA, they do test for marijuana, but they test you within a three month window and they tell you when the three month window is going to be. Right. So if, yeah. So if you're going to be tested, let's just say, I don't know what the months are, but it's April, May, June, right? If you're going to be tested, then don't smoke in March because it takes 30 days to get out your system. (laughs) Once they test you, then you're good to go. You can smoke all day long after that. So I think the NBA, for the most part, is lenient. I think they've gotten more lenient, like you said. Right. But they're lenient for the most part because they have that window. They tell you when the window's going to be. That's why you hardly see NBA player busted for marijuana because they know when they're going to be tested. Yeah. You have to be really stupid. Uh, yeah, you have to be very really careless. careless. Yeah, yeah you, have very be, careless. You, have, you have to be re- very careless to, you know, get, caught with marijuana in your system in the nba because you know when you're going to be tested that three-month window is there don't smoke weed 30 days before and then when you're done getting tested you know have fun and do your thing so I like that the NBA is lean in that sense where they give you full awareness of where they're, what they're going to do. Right. But they still haven't reached MLB levels. So <laughs> they still got that little, 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 yeah. They still have spot to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah the yeah. one little hurdle to get over. I <laughs> yeah, got, that one too, that Because I feel like the NBA is so influential in like taking new stances like that, that it, you know, I got to give the MLB the credit that they deserve for being the first to do it, but it's like so widely unpublicized that like not even a lot of people know that it's a thing, but if the NBA did it, it would totally be a thing. It would be everywhere. Yes, for sure. And so I just like, you know, when it comes to the name of pain management and these guys getting some sleep when they're on a road trip, you know, we have the the hilarious story that I could never get through without laughing about Dion Waiters being on the plane with the Miami heat and falling asleep and all that stuff. So, um, you know, but, you know, I feel like falling asleep because you ate a, an edible is a lot better than having a stomach ache or being sick to your stomach because you took the wrong painkiller or something like that, you know?
1: bad or like, yeah, or like, I like, or, you know, being drunk out of your mind, getting behind yeah. the wheel, killing a family of four, the most you're going to do is, and I always said this, the most that you're going to do if you're high and you're passed out, is the most the worst thing you're gonna do is go to the top of the fridge and steal the cocoa puffs at the top of the fridge. <laughs> yeah,
0: so true. Yeah, so true. That's, That's, the <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the worst
1: thing you're gonna do. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Period. So, whatever, what it is. So, um, in the NFL, as uh, recently as I could read, as June 2021, um, the NFL's collective bargaining agreement approved. That by team owners remove the possibility of players being suspended from games over positive tests for any substance not just marijuana only during the season so during preseason, they can still be tested and that's when they have to abide by a specific like nanogram or milligram or something like that mm-hmm. um But there, there has been a lot of changes like recently to the NFL's policies about cannabis. So, um, it was very difficult to find a very clear answer about what they're currently doing going into this season, but I believe that's what's happening is it's only, only being tested during preseason and then you can't be suspended from games over a positive test. So if that's Mm. correct. That's cool. Again, it's like not being widely publicized that that's the case. But uh, there, like, like I said, there's a lot of intricacies to it. There's that whole nanogram milligram thing when you get tested that you can't have a certain amount in your system, which mm-hmm. I disagree with, like, if you're going to do it, do it all the way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you think?
1: um the thing that bothers me about the and the what are we talking about NFL the thing that bothers me about the NFL and their collective bargaining agreement is that the collective bargaining agreement lasts 10 years yeah so who's to say what's going to happen in 10 years when it comes to legalization of marijuana in the United States and most of the states are already catching on except for the very few like the one that I'm in <laughs> but you know like but my thing is like you know, then they'll have to go back and they'll have to do an amendment and uh, to that collective bargaining agreement. Then they'll have to revise that whole situation. The rules are still unclear. Right. So I think, you know, they did this collective bargaining agreement. It's a 10-year deal. um, And, you know, I don't think that they looked into the future when they created the rules for cannabis and the collective bargaining agreement. So that's one of the things that I disagree with fully with how the NFL handled that situation. There was nobody in that room or wherever the negotiations were between the NFLPA and the NFL, there was nobody there to kind of forefront that future, that foresight of where cannabis will be. And I think that was honestly like one of the most important things to me in the collective bargaining agreement. And I don't know why it wasn't to everybody else, but for me, it was. And I just was like, they should have pushed a little bit harder. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. They should have pushed a little bit harder to fight. For you know, cannabis and especially NFL. Like the NFL, their CT, the people like you get CTE like crazy. Thank and you. marijuana and cab, yeah, cannabis and cannabis usage has been known to they well, they're doing testing. There's still unclear, but there's a lot of tests that a lot of scientists have been doing. There's a lot of data out there that cannabis and cannabis usage is able to have adverse effects on CTE. So okay. if that's the case and that research is there. They could have used that as a bargaining part for that particular CBA agreement. So that part right there is really rubbed me the wrong way. You think they the NFL of all leagues would be the first ones to be able to be like, hey, look, this is uh we need to what was it? What is the MLB? They say it's not on the band substances, they should be the first one to forefront that, right. especially with all these players who have CTE and all this brain damage from taking all those hits year after year since they were children. I definitely think that. The NFL is behind. And to me, out of all the leagues that are in American leagues, That is that is the one league to me who is totally dropping the ball, and it's not because of I just want cannabis to be legal everywhere, but the research is out there that it helps with the adverse effects of CTE. And you guys are not at the front of that line trying to forefront everything when it comes to cannabis, and you know making let allowing their players to have usage. You don't have to show up to the practice high but at least allow them to smoke a joint at the end of the game because they got hit like six or seven times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, well, that's the
1: only, that's the one that makes me mad the most.
0: I, I, no, and I totally agree with you. I second everything you just said. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I think that for being, <clears throat> excuse me, the cons- like considerably the definitely most violent sport of all of the major leagues, it should definitely be the NFL that is trying to advocate for and protect their athletes both past future present you know what I mean it's there is we've seen so many I mean look at Ricky Williams he has fought his whole career and afterwards for cannabis legalization and cannabis being removed from the banned substance list in the NFL because of his personal experiences with the hits with the CTE and all of that stuff so it's like you have guys that are living proof of the fact that they have said no i'm literally going to choose weed over football in this instance because yeah, it's and the only the, thing that helps them feel okay
1: yeah and the guys who are dead and they take their brains for scientific purposes that data is there in their brains that cte is a lot of trauma and you right. would think that if there's research that marijuana helps with the effects of that problem And then you wonder why these NFL players, not all, some of them are just, you know, have mental issues for their own reasons. But I feel like a lot of the reasons why a lot of NFL players have these mental issues in the first place is because of taking all those hits throughout all those years. And there's a lot of evidence to back that up. Yeah. If they should have been in the front of that list. And that's what makes me upset about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it makes me upset because the players are the guinea pig in the whole situation. And they're the ones who are... I mean, we see NFL players die young, year in and year out. You know, you see these ex-NFL players that are dying in their 50s and their 60s when they could have had otherwise long lives if they would have potentially been able to use cannabis or use even access, you know, deeper cannabis products like RSO to help protect their brains and help repair even a little bit of the damage that they've done to their bodies in football because it's just it's so sad that, like I said, they just become these guinea pigs for CTE, and Mm -hmm. it's like, it gets nobody nowhere, it seems like.
1: Yeah, it's a really sad day, and then, you know, that lack of foresight in the collective bargaining agreement is the part that makes me mad the most.
0: Right, because nobody had the Mm -hmm. presence of mind to be like, well, you know, what if we get a very progressive president in the White House that decides to federally legalize cannabis within the next decade after we sign this bargaining agreement? Do we have a clause or something in place that like automatically removes it or, you know, automatically does something to nullify a punishment or what have you mm-hmm. in that regard? Like there was no even verbiage to your point that suggested that they might be prepared for something to happen in, right. that, way, in that manner
1: yeah and you know what right now like I'm interested right now like right now I'm googling like how do you get an amendment to a a collective bargaining agreement like what is the process What are the steps um to get an amendment to this like how does this work I need to do the research on that I should have been prepared but um it looks like um (laughs) it looks like it looks like a whole lot of like, you need to get lawyers involved is what I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, I'm sure um, it's a lengthy so process. It's like, yeah, it's a lengthy process. Like, oh my God, I was, they just dropped the ball and that's what makes me <laughs> mad the most. Yeah.
0: And that's <laughs> terrible. And that's the, and that's one of the things that is, you know, if they have people, like you said, in the room who are able to at least know a little bit about cannabis or at least able to speak to the advocacy of cannabis a little bit more, they might have had somebody that had the awareness to bring that to the table Mm -hmm. because knowing that it's such a lengthy process, you know, hallelujah, if it ever did, but if, you know, if it ever happened where that became, you know, something that was a real scenario, somebody would feel really stupid for not like making that a thing I feel like yeah so I agree I agree 100% yeah I don't know It there's I feel like we could talk about it for hours and hours and hours because especially the NFL I mean when you think about marijuana in general and the fact that it you know was federally illegalized in the first place it all goes back to you know race controlling people of certain races and all of that stuff. So then when you think about what the NFL, MLB, the NBA were and have been doing with this substance, it especially it
1: kind of has some
0: similarities. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even get me started. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say, don't get me started. I could talk for hours. That's just the the
1: iceberg. Put it, put it in the right, put the right people in the room. That's all I'm that's all I that's all I'm trying to say. Put the right people in the room. And that they won't have that problem. Right. You know. Exactly.
0: So, and then that mm-hmm. finally brings me to the world anti-doping agency. Now I know I'm skipping over some other leagues that, you know, we've got NHL, all of that stuff, but the biggest story recently regarding cannabis, obviously involving the world anti-doping agency is the story mm-hmm. of Shakari Richardson, Ooh. which so many other things have gone on regarding the Jamaicans and all that, but we're not even getting into that. Yeah, it um, has
1: nothing to do with what we're talking about. It has about, nothing to do with it. it. <laughs> um,
0: we're simply talking about the cannabis test that was taken from her when she was in my state, Oregon, um, <laughs> when she was at University of Oregon at Hayward Field qualifying for the Olympics. And that's when she was drug tested. Obviously, a shot rang out around the world, and she tested positive for marijuana, was banned from the Olympics. She had a small sliver of an opportunity to continue competing with, I believe it was the four by one relay team or four by two relay team. I can't remember. Um, And then they chose not to, you know, allow her to do that as well. So I just think, again, when it comes to black and brown athletes and you have these policies that automatically go against them, and it's on a world stage. Yes, I realize that the World Anti-Doping Agency does, you know, fall in line with a lot of the foreign policies regarding marijuana. Um but when the the biggest like participant of that agency has a lenient view on cannabis, I feel like it's time to kind of overlook it altogether. But it's like Mm-hmm. If America as a whole, like our government doesn't take that step to federally legalize cannabis, I don't feel like the World Anti-Doping Agency would ever even give it a flick of an, an eyelid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it becomes so important in so many ways because it's all tied together as we've yes. been saying.
1: <laughs> um, yes.
0: But I don't know. What are your, What's your perspective?
1: I think that um, this is a, that one was a, probably the most tricky one for me to have an opinion on because I looked at all the factors like you know ultimately you know you're not supposed to be smoking weed if this is your dream if this is what you want to do if you know you're going to be tested don't do it right so you know that has that in itself is her punishment was not punishment but not allowing her to do that set the tone for everybody else like you're not allowed to do this under any circumstances yeah. and that was their way of setting the tone that nobody can get by this or nobody can get by any kind of doping and this is on our banned substance list so you can't do it and you're not going to get away with it so yeah. i feel i feel like my like my emotions like i have the emotion part and then i have the part that uses like you know logic the emotional part of me feels really bad for her because right. the reason why she yeah the reason why she used it was because of her mother and her mother passed right if I'm yeah her date, biological
0: mom she was raised by her grandmother but her biological yeah. mom who she had 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 you know several ups and downs with throughout the course of her life and
1: uh, passed away. yeah and that's very devastating i mean right. even if you have the ups and downs your mom's been in your life the, your whole life or has never been in your whole life hearing that your biological mother has passed away is very, very heartbreaking, and right. I can only, I can't, uh, I can only imagine the heartbreak you have of losing a parent. I haven't experienced that, and I'm not ready to experience that. Right. But I know that when I probably, I don't want to speak it into existence, but if something like that were to happen to me, yeah, you better believe I might be smoking a lot, or I might be, you know, going through some stuff, you know, whatever, you know, going through something. Uh, trying to cope with it in certain in certain ways and I feel like the way that she chose to cope with it wasn't a dangerous way to cope with it so Absolutely. my emotions tell me this was not a dangerous way to she wasn't doing hard drugs she wasn't consuming alcohol in a dangerous way she was simply smoking a joint and trying to relax her mind it helps with anxiety it helps with depression you know we you and I both know the benefits of smoking weed the unfortunate part is that I have to remove my emotion and the part that's like you knew you weren't supposed to do this and you did it yeah so that's the that is the part where it's like it's hard to you know find that you know like okay you knew what you did she know she took the l and she's moving forward from it yeah and so on and so forth whether we know she would have placed in front of the jamaicans or whatever that's another conversation (laughs) for another day totally but the whole point is she missed an opportunity because of the fact that she made that decision and i feel really really bad for her but you know when you know what's happening just like the nba players if they get caught smoking marijuana you knew the test was coming why did you do it yeah that's the only part where i'm like okay but i totally agree with you that and that's a good point that you brought up if the united states set the tone for you know legalizing it on a national scale it may be easier for other countries to follow suit and making the policies more lenient for the world anti-doping Right. agency and that would help out tremendously so I think that the United States has a responsibility to lead that you know lead that uh what is it called blaze that trail yeah um, yeah, lead yeah, that yeah blaze, get it get it yeah yeah start a revolution blaze that trail no pun intended um and get it you know get that started so that way everybody can follow suit um I think all the countries all across the world need to understand the, the foundations of why marijuana is illegal. They need to understand that this was all propaganda by William Hertz and Hen- Henry Anslinger. Yep. And this was all based on race and bait propaganda because yeah. the hemp industry was stronger than the paper industry at right. the time. And these people who had high influential parts of uh, in the media we're heavily invested in trees and paper, and they wanted to shut down the marijuana and hemp industry, and they did that by any means necessary. Nobody ever n- does their homework or research on that stuff, but right. that's the reason why it's kind of taboo all over the world was because of major propaganda. Right when the United States follows suit and they decide to legalize it for the right reasons, for the reasons of the fact that this the the criminalization of marijuana was based on race baiting and propaganda to line the pockets of the elite in the United States, then at that point, I think other countries might be open to follow suit and to do the right thing, to look at the benefits of what marijuana has to offer and eliminate the chances of people like Shakari Richardson, who are grieving the loss of their mother and are trying to cope in healthy ways. You know, it helps them be able to participate in sports that they have been training for their entire life. and being able to participate without any repercussions because it is not fair that she was not able to to participate because she smoked a joint when I can guarantee you there was other Olympic athletes who were drinking a glass of wine at the end of the night after a training workout and they had zero repercussions for that and alcohol is far more dangerous than smoking a joint and that is my final thoughts on that
0: (laughs) no I love that I totally agree because that's kind of What I personally loved about when the NBA decided to take away the testing during the the bubble season, it was like, okay, well, you know, that's kind of a good nod because you have these players like CJ McCollum and Carmelo Anthony who are super into their wine and they love telling the homies about their wine and there's not an issue with that. But why can't Dion Waiters have an edible and chill in his hotel room and relax the same way that Mello gets to relax, you know, gets to relax with a glass of red wine, you know, so it just, it it all go it, it all ties together, as we've been saying pretty much the whole episode. So I'm glad that we got a chance to like actually like sit down and talk about it on an episode because it's something that I have talked about like throughout the entirety of that there's those like little seeds throughout the entirety of the podcast <laughs> um, <laughs> talking about it So I'm glad there's now like one episode kind of just dedicated to it because obviously with the Shakiri thing it's kind of been prominent in the news and we have seen a lot of adjustments throughout the start of COVID as we've seen not just athletes but people in general citizens coping with mental health and trying to control their alcohol use or maybe you know having revelations and self-realizations about their alcohol use and turning to cannabis because it is healthier and things like that. So it's great that it is slowly happening on a national scale with these leagues, but it really would be great. If somebody NBA cough, cough, Adam Silver, <laughs> and just kind of like throw the one, two punch and like do it and just say, Hey, look, we're no, we're no longer not even testing for it. We are not even turning an eye. If one of our players gets, you know, like Alex Caruso, caught in a state that hasn't caught up yet. Cause it's time.
1: <laughs> I agree with you. And I'm so glad we had this conversation because I feel like you can relate to me, you know, when it comes to like just being pro marijuana and just pro, you know, benefits of it. And, you know, have seen someone like you who does their research just as much as I do is so refreshing. Yes, so refreshing. I agree. Yeah. No, when I saw that all the
0: time, Like the tweet that you tweeted uh, that like made me uh, uh contact you and when then we set this up. That it I was like, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Because especially knowing that you're in like the wrestling circuit, obviously there's been a lot of we haven't even really touched on it, but there's a lot of you know cannabis support and cannabis advocacy advocacy in the MMA, the boxing, and the wrestling world. So um it's it's nice that it's hopefully all kind of coming to one level playing field
1: yeah and that's another one too that I think boxing is a huge sport that CTE is like big on and I think boxing yeah. also you should be able to smoke weed if you are in boxing as well so there's yeah. a lot of sports that can benefit from allowing people to smoke marijuana but you know it is refreshing because you know there's people who are so close-minded and the reason why we connected was because there was an a player Texas a player who lost was suspended indefinitely because he was pulled over because they smelled weed in the car and they found weed and his career his football hopes and dreams are thrown away because they smelled weed in the car and they felt the need to they had you know right to search his car and then found that illegal firearm which is another part that kind of has something to do with it but at the same time they would have never searched his car right if they would have the, yeah the weed wasn't there so you know it's just kind of like sad that these laws and these rules affect a certain demographic more than others But that's another topic for another day. And, you know, we, we would be talking all
0: day long. I know. I know. We'll have to definitely like get on a part two, because like, like we could talk about it forever. There's definitely a lot of stories that are not exact to that, but pretty similar to that where somehow some way an athlete has got themselves caught up and lost, you know, opportunities on a pretty major scale because they've decided to be involved with cannabis, which it shouldn't even be, it shouldn't even be an issue. So, um, it's sad that it even has to come to that for some athletes. So hopefully people like us talking about it can bring a little bit more light to the situation, you know, motivate some people who may not be as aware as the two of us are to, you know, get, get on Google, ask a friend, you know, ask a trusted, you know, adult, if you don't consider yourself an adult, go ask a trusted adult about cannabis and about the benefits of it, because there's a lot to be learned and there's a lot to be shared. So
1: I totally agree. And last but not least, I want to make this point. Um, There's a lot of people in Texas or just all across the country who are very, very close minded about cannabis. And I just hope that they open their hearts to seeing the benefits of it, seeing the truth about cannabis, understanding the history of it, understanding, right. Right. you know, why it's illegal in the first place. And hopefully those people who come a, who the people who are against it, I hope that their heart softens. And I also want to make it clear that um i'm so pro cannabis and i have been accused of being on drugs because of that and i want to let people know that just because i am pro cannabis and i am pro marijuana legalization does not mean that i'm on drugs all that means is that i'm educated same here
0: yeah i'll say the same for myself i'm an open (laughs) cannabis user i live in oregon i use cannabis daily i have lupus Mm. I honestly probably couldn't function if it wasn't for cannabis and it prevents me from having to be on medications that would make my life a lot more difficult and, you know, could potentially even create more symptoms for me. So there's a lot of people out there that are in my same shoes, if not on a bigger scale. Um, Mm -hmm. It has helped so many people in so many ways, not just athletes. Um, And I did, I did have another person on, gosh, she was on like my, Second episode of the podcast, second or third episode of the podcast. Her name is Anna Simons, and she's a rugby player and former soccer player. And she is with an organization called Athletes for Care. And that is an organization where several athletes, both current and former, um, have basically come together, much like Al Harrington and Alan Iverson and um, Matt Barnes, who all support cannabis are you know consider themselves cannabis advocates so if you know anyone if anybody is listening who knows anyone or you know just want more information athletes for care is another great organization that is helping to connect athletes with safe and accessible cannabis you know resources and information so Um, I don't know if you know about Athletes for Care, but now you do.
1: (laughs) I do now, and so everybody listening, so I'm really excited to take a look at what it entails, and I think anything that helps the cause, I'm
0: all for it. Yes, I totally agree. So thank you so much for your time. Before I let you go and get on with your day, um, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find you online, how to get more of your content, where to listen to your shows and All of that stuff, if you can rattle off as much
1: as you can. Sure, yeah, you you can listen to me from 10 to 11 a.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. My show is called The Sports Time. I am the host. I'm located in San Antonio, but you can listen to it live on the iHeartRadio app all over the country. You can listen on Apple. You can listen on Spotify. I have the podcast link. It's in my bio. I am also uh, doing River City Wrestling, Ring Announcing. You can follow me on Instagram and and on Twitter at Carolina Teague underscore. Uh, you can continue the conversation with me there. And of course, I just wanted to thank you, Taylor, for inviting me on. I'm so happy we had this conversation. It's so refreshing. And this is something that my heart has been wanting to talk about for a long time. And I just feel like we definitely need a part two yes. because I feel like the story isn't over yet.
0: Yeah, definitely not over yet. There's a lot more to talk about in this conversation, um, but I'm glad we were able to connect and give you at least a little bit of a platform to talk about it. So um, feel free to, you know, direct your listeners to the podcast and when it works out or when we have some more news to talk about, we can bring you on for a part two. Awesome. Thank you you so much for your time. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.